Next on BYU Sports Nation, a moral victory in Moraga. Are you buying that logic after another overtime road loss for BYU basketball without their top player? Yoli Childs didn't play last night and is out for now. What it means for the Cougars' NCAA tournament hopes. Plus, is BYU the second best team in the West Coast Conference even after the loss to St. Mary's? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is how we do it. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. January 10th, wherever and however you're connected, wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with cardboard furniture maker, Jerem Jordan. So last night, I think it was in overtime, I'm watching the St. Mary's BYU game, and I see the following headline on the bottom line on ESPN2. Bed frames at the Tokyo Games, the Olympics in August, will be cardboard and can hold up to 440 pounds. And I thought, how can I focus on the game? And now I'm thinking about, there's cardboard that can hold 440 pounds of a shot putter or something? Uh, Corey Yoshimura, BYU fan who lives in Japan in and Tokyo, a friend, he said, tried them out the other day. Pretty cool and comfy, actually. And I tweeted, consider me convinced. I was like, how am I supposed to focus on this game when I'm thinking about cardboard beds for Olympians? Is this like a self-assemble thing? And if you bought one, do they ship the cardboard bed in a cardboard box or do you make the bed out of the cardboard box they ship? If I'm an Olympian, I'm like, uh, I'm an Olympian. Can someone else make this, please? I have a job to do here. This ain't Ikea with the middle class. You're an Olympian, man. Cardboard furniture for the Olympians. Okay. Uh, is this a way to cut costs? Does this save money? Or are these more expensive because it's like next-level cardboard technology? I have so many questions. I didn't know there was cardboard technology. Corey Yoshimura, I have so many questions for you. You need to tweet in and let us know what this uh, cardboard movement is happening in Tokyo. A fantastic Friday show lineup over the next hour. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler, fresh off sleeping eight hours on that cardboard bed. Okay, not. Is BYU the second-best team in the West Coast Conference, in his opinion, Right now, our and one results and picks keep a 2020 vision, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. BYU volleyball sophomore sensation Davide Gardini will Davide. join us to preview the Cougars home opener. Plus, we're going to play a game called Dope or Nope. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We're very serious. Honor code approved. Uh, we're also very serious about our Friday BYUSN headlines. BYU men's basketball loses at St. Mary's in overtime, 87 84. A gritty, gutty performance by both teams, really, and specifically by BYU's T.J. Haas, who led all scores with 29 points on 11 of 24 shooting, including this nasty crossover and dunk to send the game to OT. Down two with the ball. T.J. Haas for the Cougars. Haas drives. Get to the bucket. Slams it for time. Are you serious? T.J. Haas continues to dunk all over the place in 2020. Yoli Childs sat out with a finger injury. The Cougars with the loss dropped to 12-5 and on the season, 1-1 one one in the West Coast Conference. Disappointing, sure, but how disappointing. BYU will host Portland live on BYU TV tomorrow at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Cougars in the NFL divisional round this weekend include Fred Warner and the Niners playing the Vikings tomorrow. Then Sunday, Jamal Williams and the Packers play my Seahawks, while Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs play the Texans. Number three, BYU men's volleyball hosts 
number 15, Penn State, tonight in the Cougars' home opener. BYU 13-6 all-time against the Nittany Lions. They've won eight in a row against Penn State. Both matches set to be broadcast on BYU TV. The first tonight at 9 Eastern. And then on Saturday, part of a triple-header Super Saturday of sports, BYU Volleyball. We'll play at 7 Eastern for Pacific. Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale on the call. The ball night. The ball night. Let's go. And in EuroLeague play, Jimmer Fredette had 28 points, three boards, and two assists in a Panathinaikos 96-87 loss to Milano. Fighting Jimmer's seventh place in the EuroLeague standings. Brandon Davies, Real Madrid, first. And Elijah Bryant's Maccabi Tel Aviv are in fourth. Not bad. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let's recap this again. The BYU Cougars, without their best player, Yoli Childs, just about pulled off a stunner in Moraga last night. Ultimately, yes, a loss in overtime. Disappointing. On the road. Again. BYU, you know, 0-3, by the way, in overtime games this season. All on the road. And the Cougars have played all overtimes without Yoli Childs. All things considered, 29 points from T.J. Haas, 24 from Jake Toulson, Colby Lee efficient again, Dalton Nixon making hustle plays. Jeremy, all things considered, was last night a moral Whoa, victory. victory? Yeah. Yeah, it is because uh, yesterday we mentioned, okay, if BYU loses a close one, it's not going to affect BYU that much. And the numbers bear that out. Let's check it out. So let's look at some of the metrics used by the NCA. Uh, the sorting tool is net and then some of the other metrics involved and whether that affected BYU a lot because if it didn't, then it is indeed a moral victory. So net, BYU's minus two from yesterday. That's it. <gasps> Ken Palm, minus one. BPI, plus one. Sagarin, minus four. Strength record, minus seven. Bracketology, not out. So it didn't really affect BYU. In fact, if you heard me, BYU went up one in BPI. What? Up one. So, yeah, uh, things are just fine. Not a big deal. Quad one opportunity. Yes, BYU gets it to overtime. I think BYU did well just to get it to overtime. BYU's down six with 50 seconds to go. Uh, And here BYU sits in the same situation as yesterday. And our stat of the day punctuate this point. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Team rankings gives BYU a 93% chance to make the tourney after last night. It's still there. This is knowing Yoli Child's out, right? Like, Ken Palm knows Yoli Child's out. He could change BYU's chance in some of the games. It wouldn't change their adjusted offensive efficiency and defense, uh, defensive efficiency per se, but BYU's fine. We'll get into this in a minute. Like, okay, no Yoli Child's for a bit. TBD on what that means. But, no, BYU's just fine. It would have been nice to sneak that one out, but I wasn't expecting it. I'm not disappointed in the least. I was just ready for BYU and St. Mary's round two on February 1st right after the game. I can't wait for the Gales to come to Provo because BYU without Yoli Childs can muster up that effort in Moraga. What can they put on the floor with 18,000 crazy fans in the Marriott Center? I cannot wait for that game. And, yes, you just went through all of the numbers. How about that? BYU jumps up a spot in a loss. And don't you feel validated a little bit? Because both of us, we went through the exact scenario. If BYU loses, we figured this would happen. We figured it would be close. And no, BYU's no worse for the wear. Yeah, You're it covered, stinks. by the way. It stinks to lose to St. Mary's anytime, even if Yola Child's in playing, because it was so close. Right. But – in the grand scheme, it doesn't really matter. When when we knew that Yoli Childs wouldn't play in this game, 
my expectation of the game changed a little sure. bit. And BYU had a good game plan. The ball got a little stickier than normal. But guess what? If Jake Toulson's in the post, that's arguably BYU's best play. TJ Haas was fantastic because St. Mary's does not put Jordan Ford on him and vice versa for the most part. Defensively, I thought BYU played well, put themselves in position to be in the game, executed really well down the stretch. Now, we, do, we should say this. BYU's 0-3 in overtimes. BYU needs to figure out how to win in overtime. I know that Yoli Childs isn't there, but BYU's going to have to win a game in overtime at some point, right? In a big game, it's going to be in the they standings. They play an overtime game at home? Like, yeah. Hey, win the ones you play. BYU needs to figure out how to win in overtime. That, that's a minor issue, right? right now. The number one thing for me, moral victory-wise, was Joe Lunardi being at the game and saying essentially what I said yesterday on the show. St. Mary's needs to win this game. They, they're feeling the pressure. They need this more than BYU does because the Cougars are playing without Yoli Childs. And it was nice for the Cougars to play well without their star. Don't, don't you feel like BYU was validated as a tournament team with Lenardi there? And yeah. yeah they, they took the Gales to the wire. So, yes, it qualifies as a moral victory. Yeah. I like victories more. But sure. moral ones are uh, becoming uh, – more comfortable, I guess, around these parts, which is not good. Topic two, Yoli Childs missed the game with a compound dislocation in his right pointer finger. Now, what is that? If you get grossed out by verbal descriptions, go ahead and click away. Yeah, mute for 30 seconds. His bone pierced the skin. That's what a compound dislocation means. So that really hurts, right, Tuesday? How long is he out? Here's Mark Pope yesterday on the pregame show on BYU Radio. Um, he he, he uh, banged his finger in practice two days ago, and then we found out yesterday that he was probably going to be out here for, you know, I don't know, a week, two weeks, something like that. Okay, perhaps he's underselling it because the uh, deep research I did. WebMD? Uh, generally two to three weeks if it's more severe, more than that. Yola Childs is somewhat superhuman, so... We'll see. But here's the question, Spencer. Is BYU going to be fine without Yoli Childs for the, in the meantime? Yes, and my definition of fine means the following. Winning every conference game that BYU will play except at Gonzaga. BYU does have a 24% chance to win that game, according to Ken Pomeroy, without Yoli Childs. Now, what has this team done or not done to make anybody think that they won't win the majority of these WCC games even without Yoli Childs? At well, Boise State at Utah? Yeah. Uh, but Boise State and Utah, in my opinion, are better teams on their home floor than any team BYU will face on the schedule other than Gonzaga you, in the West Coast Conference. What about at Pacific? That's the team that just beat St. Mary's. I think Pacific is not as good as Boise State, and Pacific is not as good as Utah. Maybe the numbers bear out differently by the time that game rolls around, but I don't think BYU is going to give up 39 points to Jalil Tripp of Pacific. Yeah, it'll be 40. No, I think kidding. the Cougars match up. <laughs> they play better defense. And, and this the, the numbers bear out to show that BYU is a better team defensively than St. Mary's is. So while it's kind of weird because you think, oh, man, the but Gales, WCC refs, the Gales lost to Pacific uh, in Stockton. What's going to happen to BYU? I think BYU will handle Pacific. They'll beat everybody except Gonzaga. BYU is going to be fine without Yoli Childs. And my fingers are crossed that he can play on my, February my 1st against St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing. So BYU plays Portland Saturday, San Diego next Thursday at Gonzaga. Um, beat Portland, beat San Diego. Lose to Gonzaga if Yoli Childs is not there, right? That's going to be tough. Pacific San Francisco is going to be the at key stretch. Pacific at San Francisco. BYU, yeah, needs to take care of business. That would have been two and a half weeks. 
Would he be ready for Pepperdine on Thursday, St. Mary's on Saturday? That's the one that makes me nervous is if it is a severe compound dislocation, will Yoli Childs be ready for St. Mary's part two? To me, it's all about, like you said, that part. Because if BYU can win at Pacific and at San Francisco and all that, awesome. Because with Yoli Childs, what would the expectation be? It'd be like, uh, beat everybody but Gonzaga, probably. Maybe compete, show well, see if you can't sneak that one like BYU did three of the last five years. St. Mary's on February 1st is what it's all about because that's three and a half weeks out. If it's severe and he has to miss St. Mary's again at home, I still like BYU's chances yes. because the way BYU played on the road last night tells us, you know what, if BYU plays that at home, they're going to win that game. BYU almost won it last night. BYU almost won it last night without him. Yeah, I love BYU's chances at home with or without Yoli Childs. Now, if Yoli does you. play, if he does play, forget about it. Watch out. And how long will it take for him after this to get his shooting touch back? He's been really good from three. Um, he's been excellent from the field. Pat, like, how many days or games will it take for him to get back to where he yeah. was? And I am of the opinion that it, it, he should, if, he, if there's any question at all, don't rush. BYU needs him for the key stretch in the mid part of February and into March in the West Coast Conference tournament. Like, so if basically he comes back, to avoid uh, bad losses sure. and to uh, maybe get Gonzaga at home. But sure, what we're really yeah. talking because I, I think without Yoli Childs, BYU is a fringe tourney team. I think with Yoli Childs, had he played every game of this season, BYU would be like a six seed. They'd be like 16-2 and two probably. They How could, They could be. Think about yeah. that. It'd be wild. You lose to Kansas, and then you probably drop another one somewhere. But maybe not. I mean, at best, BYU would have been a one-loss team. Jerem, right now, as we move to topic three, is BYU the second-best team in the West Coast Conference? I feel like uh, they probably are. But <clears throat> it's hard to know what BYU is because, okay, nine games without Yoli. Well, with Yoli, they're this. Well, now he's out. And now 10 games so, without Yoli. Yeah, and it's going to be 12 to 16. Who knows, right, um, when he comes back. I, it's hard for me to say yes on this one. I, I think that you could I, – I see the argument for both. But I think right now you look at St. Mary's, okay, they won last night. Right now they're the second best team. If BYU had played a home game against St. Mary's and won, you go, you know what, BYU is. I, I think they're tied in league play. Um, you look at Gonzaga, clearly the best team. I think it's neck and neck. I don't know that there's a right answer. I think BYU is the second best team in the West Coast Conference based on what I saw last night head to head. Which is a loss? Okay, I know, but oh. you have to consider what BYU is playing with. I consider the Lilies. I know St. Mary's. I consider all of it. St. Mary's say, oh, our big man was sitting out too. And they went after Roxy Bernstein. No, Gavin Baxter is out. Exactly. Matthias they- Toss. And Gavin Baxter, neutral. Matthias Toss was brought up a few times, and some St. Mary's fans went after Roxy Bernstein, and he responded on Twitter saying, all due respect to Matthias Toss, he's no Yoli child. Oh, no, it's the Gavin Baxter analogy. Yes, the Which, Cougars by the, by are the handling things that are much more significant injury-related than St. Mary's right now. So if Yoli Childs plays that game, do you have any doubt BYU wins that game last night. No, but he wasn't in the game, and he might not be in the game February 1st. I I still think BYU will beat them without Yoli Childs on February 1st. I think BYU is the second-best team in the West Coast Conference based on what I have seen with Yoli Childs back in the lineup and what the Cougars are capable of doing without him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on the Yoli in. I think BYU is like a six-seed type team with him. Yeah, no doubt. By the way... uh, on the broadcast, they're talking about St. Mary's resume, and they do not bring up the Winthrop loss. How do you not bring up a quad four loss when discussing the resume? That was silly. Listen, we got to stop just talking about what's great. You got to talk about all of it. Yes, and if we're when being it's honest, bad, it's bad. When it's good, it's good. And if we're being honest, Pacific could 
slide down to a quad three loss as well for yeah, St. Mary's. It could, as could Boise State, right, for BYU's resume. As could Utah State. I don't, think they'll fall, three? I don't think they'll fall that far, but they're not going to be a quad one when it's all said and done. They're not going to be top 50 in that at the end of the season. Our question By the way, San the Diego day. State's been way better than we thought. Number like, one team in net. Like, number one seed with Lenardi conversation? Undefeated. What? BYU's up by nine at home. Moral victory. BYU's, oh. Two of BYU's five losses are potentially to number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. And the other three are in overtime without oh, Yoli wait. Childs. I'm telling you. And then there's going to be Gonzaga. Is BYU going to play three number one seeds this season? San Holy Diego's, cow. San Diego State is the number one feels ambitious in March. On January 10th, whatever. Hey, even if they're a two or a three wake, seed. Goodness. Wake me up when it's March, man. Question of the day. Do you consider last night's BYU basketball loss at St. Mary's a moral victory? And why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Laser Sheep with the first response in on Twitter. Apparently he's playing dope or nope. He says, nope. Nice. It was a hard-fought game with one, without one of BYU's best players. No, the best player. I'm proud of the team for what they did. There's no rolling over and giving up. With that said, the win-loss column gives no credit for the loss. My heart says one thing. Stats say another. I love BYU. Well, the metrics say BYU didn't lose by much. Joe Lenardi's conversation context, during yeah. that game for basically the whole first half tells me that this is a moral victory for BYU. Oh, it absolutely is. I just, losers talk about moral victories. And BYU lost. And so that's why we're talking about moral victories. Yes, but I just don't like being a loser. Yeah. I'm a loser baby. <laughs> got a title of today's show. Coming up, David Gardini of the number three volleyball team on the matchup with Penn State tonight. That's not going to be a loss. And BYU sports dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. Does he think the Cougars are the second best team in the West Coast Conference right now? He'll answer that next. And our biased opinions, what do we think? <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Third-ranked men's volleyball begins the home season tonight. Smith Fieldhouse against 15th-ranked Penn State. Watch tonight's match on BYU TV and the BYU TV app, 9 Eastern. We'll have tomorrow's match as well at 7. The party's here on the west side, sort of. It is a Friday. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Now we're really going to make it a party, and it's been too long. Blaine Fowler, dual-threat analyst, back in studio to talk some BYU basketball. Blaine, welcome to the oh, show. Blaine. It's good to be I mean, it's been too long because we've had to you know, go to Hawaii and do all of this stuff, but now we're, we're back together. We're, we're back. back together. The band is go. back Let's together. Go. We've been talking moral victories for BYU basketball. Yay. Both Jeremy and I think that last night's result, all things considered, would qualify as a moral victory. Where do you stand in that conversation? So I don't, use, I don't like the term moral victory. So, so, cause it's not a victory, but I do believe there are losses that don't hurt you. Like losing to San Diego state at the time, we didn't know that that's not a bad loss. It, it's a loss that doesn't hurt you um, in terms of the goals you have. And the goal for this BYU team is they want to get to the NCAA tournament. And, and, you know, you can do that one of two ways. You either win the conference tournament, which the Zags have owned, and there isn't any indication that they're not going to own it again. This year as good as they've been defensively as I, as I've seen them. So, so then you go, hey, can this league get two or three bids? I, th- I believe they can. I, th- I think St. Mary's, BYU, and, and the Zags right now all look like NCAA tournament teams if things play out the way they should. 
Um, so now you look at it and you go, is that a devastating loss um, because it hurts their NCAA at-large tournament hopes and, and goal? And I don't think it has any impact on it at all. Like, there are going to be wins that BYU has this season that are actually worse than that loss when it comes to their net. Yeah, 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 totally. When you, when you, if you play a 300-plus team that and win, it's almost worse that you played them and won than to lose to St. Mary's on the road in overtime. Tomorrow that's the case. Yeah. Portland. Right. So I, yeah. so I say um, I don't believe in moral victories, but I think that that's an okay loss, that it's a loss that doesn't hurt um, BYU from – getting the goal that they want, and that is to return to the NCAA tournament. And, and I, I was really, really pleased with the way they played on short notice without Yoli. So, And let's talk about that. That's the big story now is Yoli Childs is out. We don't know exactly for how long. Mark Pope mentioned a week or two. Um, you, people don't really know this, but uh, you're, you're in the medical field in your mm-hmm. day job, and uh, you know a lot about a, a lot of these things. What do you think of a, a compound dislocation? You're, you're our pseudo-doctor for yeah. BYU. So, so I've seen a lot of them. So um, – I'm in the orthopedic business. That's what I actually do when I'm not with you guys. Um, so what I don't I don't know enough about it to know that if he's got a bone fragment or if he pulled some ligament off or tendon away from the bone. If it's just a simple compound, all compound means or open means is that it broke through the skin. If it's a simple dislocation and they were able to reduce it and get it back in, now it's just managing the swelling and getting the range of motion back and getting that joint to tighten back up. It's not as scary as it sounds if it's really, really simple. I, I haven't talked to the surgeons and, and seen those guys or talked to Yoli to find out the complications associated with that, but it sounds really scary. Hey, I dislocated my finger and it broke through the skin. It's actually not as scary as you think it is just because it broke through the skin. Um, there's maybe a little bit of extra time, healing time, if they had to suture that skin back up, and that's going to make the skin feel tight and it'll be slower to get that range of motion back. But a simple dislocation... I don't want to make I don't want to make light of it. I don't want to make light of it, but it's <laughs> but but it's it's not as scary as it as it sounds, and it'll all depend on how quickly he can get that range of motion back and get the swelling to go down, um, as long as he doesn't have other complicating issues with it. Spencer, put your hand over there. Blaine will demonstrate. Hey, you this. guys, I was I was doing a game in Dayton <laughs> two years ago, and it was raining when I went to bed after the game, and I came out in the morning and I thought, man, it just rained all night. What I didn't know is that it turned into ice. Oh, boy. And I came and I stepped off out in front of the Marriott. And oh I boy. stepped off and I, did, I looked like a cartoon character. Like my feet flew up in the air and I put my hand back behind oh. me. And it hit the edge of the sidewalk and this finger went straight up that way <laughs> and then that way. It was a Z. I had a, Embiid, I had a Z finger. And I thought, oh, this isn't good. But I do not have time to go to the hospital right now because I'm going to miss my flight. So I just grabbed it, pulled it out, reduced it, drove to the airport, and got on the plane. Now, the problem with that was is it started to swell up. And by the time we taxied out, like I was beads of sweat running down my face. I was just, it was just, I could feel every beat of my heart in my finger. And uh, so, and it's actually this one that's all crooked that you can see. And I probably should have had maybe then, then put a pin in it to straighten it out. But but it because I think I probably had a fracture along with it because there is a little bone fragment there. But even with a bone fragment, whatever. So, Ladies and gentlemen, so, Blake Fowler. So, Blake Fowler. The, here's whatever. the thing. I wish that this was the finger that Yoli hurt. I wish it was the p- pinky finger on his not shooting his left hand. hand? Yeah. I wish it was this because it's it's the index finger on a shooting hand. That, that makes it a little That's more complicated. very important, yeah. Yeah, because – 
um, it's a stabilizing. You know, we always talk about with quarterbacks, that's the most, the thumb and the index finger. We went through this with Zach, right? Well, with a shooter, your index finger is, that gives you a rotation on the ball. You know, if, you know you've, most really good shooters finish, finish here, and that finger is, is one that spreads out and gives you stability with the basketball and gives you a good rotation. And so it's got to be feeling good. He can't be all hurting. Um, but, but, but I do think it's maybe when people hear open, like it broke through the skin, he dislocated it. It's not as concerning as maybe that sounds. Like I, I would not be surprised for him to be back by the St. Mary's game. That, hey. that would be great, and that's what we were talking about. Is kind of and that's that. when they would really like to have him back. Right, sure. That, that's the key. And, so. and, and, here, and here's the key to that. So, so Randy Bennett's a really good basketball coach. As soon as he realizes that Yoli's not playing – now they can go and they can defend the perimeter like crazy. And they're, and they're saying, you know what? If Colby Lee hurts us inside, we're not doubling him. And, and, even, and even if Jake Toulson goes down in there and starts posting us up and scoring, we're not doubling him either. We're going to plaster three-point shooters. We're not giving them good looks. Man, BYU had to look for every three. They had yes. so few good looks that season they didn't even take low, that many. Season low six makes. Yeah. Right. And so, so you can do that if Yoli's not playing. If Yoli's playing, you can't play the defense St. Mary's played last night. You have to go, okay, we're going to have to come from different spots. We're going to have to double-team him. If you play the same defense St. Mary's played last night when Yoli's playing, Yoli gets 40. But you don't play that defense when Yoli's playing. And so there's going to be more open shooters if Yoli's in the game. They'll get better looks than they did. Hey, Randy's a great coach. He knows what they had. And so you adjust your defense accordingly. BYU did a nice job of going, Ugh. We're not getting open looks. We need to go inside, and we need to play a little different than we normally play. And you a saw of, a lot of mid-range. Yeah, a lot of mid-range yeah. shots. The, the, at least they recognized after they missed a lot of contested shots early, they they settled in and said, "Okay, we got to take what the defense gives. Let's get into the mid-range game. Let's post up Jake Toulson. Let's even get to Colby and, and let him go four for four or whatever he was." Right. Mm-hmm. And so BYU adjusted well and stayed in the game. The thing that was most impressive to me was. They held the number one three-point shooting team in the country to 32 or 33%. 32%. Yeah. Nine of 28. Yeah, and that that is what they haven't done well against St. Mary's in years past. That's why they stayed in the ballgame. They also forced the team to turn the ball over 16 times that usually is around 10. Yep. With a really, really good elite point guard, they turned the ball over 16 times. That's on the road. So St. Mary's did that in, in their home. So, you know, I think that BYU, even if they didn't have Yoli back when they came back, at home – they know how to play without Yoli. It was a little bit of an adjustment because they've been playing with him, but they went back by the second half of that game to the way they played without him before. They're capable of being St. Mary's at home without Yoli. With Yoli at home, it creates a completely different matchup problem for St. Mary's, and, and you hope you have him back because that, that makes them, you know, it's a, it's a much easier game plan for BYU if Yoli's in the game. Sure. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Pop that pinky back into place and answer this question. Yeah, no problem. Is BYU the second best team in the West Coast Conference right now? It's, it, so it's a hard, it's a hard thing to say. Um, they're, they're tied with St. Mary's in the league standings because St. Mary's lost that four-overtime game at Pacific. Um, if, if With Yoli Childs, I think they create mismatch problems with St. Mary's. I think they're better than St. Mary's. With, with Yoli Childs in the lineup. Um, BYU's not real deep this year because of the guys they have sitting. You know, without Gavin Baxter, without Wyatt, without um, Lyle, Richard, without Howard. Richard. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they're just not, especially up front, they're not deep. And, and so BYU is not a very deep team. So when they have one guy missing, it's a pretty big drop off. Um, St. Mary's is a little bit deeper basketball team. I'm saying with, with Yoli healthy, from a talent perspective, and, and uh, they're the second best team in the league. With Yoli not healthy, they're still battling 2 3, 2 3, 2 3. They proved that last night. Right? Because remember, St. Mary's is missing a guy too. He's not Yoli Child's right. level of a guy, but they're they're missing a big. Um, so I would say you could make a you could make a point that they're even with St. Mary's without Yoli and with Yoli. I would say um, I you know I I yeah. bet on on BYU last night proved, on, a, on a neutral proved. floor last night proved that on a neutral floor yeah. with Yoli. I think BYU is a better team right now, but they got to get Yoli back. They don't have him right now. Take Jordan Ford off St. Mary's. What are they? Oh boy! You know what I mean? So, the so, best no, player, like, like literally, because that's better. that's yeah. a good that's a good comparison. Even though they play different positions, because if St. Mary's do doesn't have Jordan Ford, whoa, or you completely defend them differently. Yes, you have a completely different game plan yes. to defend St. Mary's without him. That's how good he is. You have to adjust your game plan for him. He's an unbelievable penetrator, and he will just light you up from distance. So, you you try to choose with him. I'm going to play off him so he can't blow by me. Then he just knocks down a three. He did that a couple times. I'm going to push up on him. He just goes right by it, and he's a great distributor. Well, if you don't have that in the game, that's huge. With Yoli Childs, you can't not double-team him, or he's going to score 30-plus. So you have to game plan for Ford. You have to game plan when you're when you're playing against Yoli Childs. That's, that's a good equivalent thing. If that, St. Mary's without Ford cannot beat BYU. Yeah. Our in-house resident surgeon, Blaine Fowler. Bringing it on BYU Sports Station. Great stuff, man. Thanks <laughs> for coming in. Good to see in. you guys. Thanks, Blaine. Coming up, a BYU administrator is leaving on a mission. What this means for the athletic department. Plus, we recap our and one picks. Hey, that 2020 is still in play, Jerem. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Station. Tomorrow, we've got a Super Saturday on BYU TV, starting with women's hoops against San Diego, 4 Eastern. Then number three men's volleyball hosts number 15 Penn State, 7 Eastern. The boys are back in town. Then we'll cap off the night with men's hoops against Portland. Terry Porter and the Pilots in town, 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Let's keep it rolling on a Friday, BYU Sports Nation. If you're still with us and haven't fainted after that description of a compound dislocation, thanks to our resident <laughs> surgeon, Blaine Fowler. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Keep it together. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We're about to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Without Yoli Childs, who didn't play due to a compound dislocated right pointer finger, BYU loses at St. Mary's 87 84 in overtime. Moral victory! TJ Haas led the Cougars with 29 points, including a game tying dunk at the end of regulation. BYU now 1 8 in Moraga since joining the league, 0 3 in overtime this season. Cougars host Portland tomorrow night, 9 30 Eastern, as mentioned, on BYU TV pregame on BYU Radio at 8 30. Cougars in the NFL. The NFL playoffs continue this weekend with four former Cougars, including Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers. They take on the Vikings. You like that? Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers face Jerem Seahawks and Ziggy Ansah, who is out with a neck injury. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Houston Texans. Volleyball. Cougars are 2-0 with two ranked wins, ranked Third in the country, home for the first time this season. Penn State in the Smithfield House tonight, 9 Eastern. The Cougars host Penn State tomorrow as well. 7 Eastern, both on BYU TV. In the next segment, we'll talk with freshman All-American Davide Gardini. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Jimmer Fredette scored a season-high 28 points, had three rebounds and two assists in a Panathinaikos 96-87 loss to Milano. 
Also in EuroLeague play, Elijah Bryant scored 19 points, grabbed eight rebounds, dished out four assists in a Maccabi Tel Aviv 95-89 win over Alba. Football. ESPN names college football and pro football Hall of Famer Steve Young the 87th best player in college football history. The top 25 of the 150 have yet to be released. Perhaps we'll see Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon on that list. Cougars in the PGA. Ah, yes, on the beautiful island of Maui, Zach Blair tied for 62nd right now. The Sony Open scoring average right now is a 66. His first start in Maui in three years. It's good to have him back on the tour. He's currently ranked 51st in the FedEx Cup standings. Gymnastics. Cougars will participate in the inaugural Rio Tinto Best of Utah meet tomorrow night in the Maverick Center in West Valley with Utah, Utah State, and Southern Utah, the Flippin' Birds. Track and field. BYU currently hosting the BYU Indoor Invitational in the Smithfield House. Events will continue through Saturday. Brian Matthews in first place in the men's heptathlon with 831 points. This is going down against essentially the best of Utah in track and field. Athletics News. BYU Advancement Vice President Matt Richardson has been called as a mission president in Minneapolis, Minnesota. BYU plays at Minnesota this year. Beginning July 1st, Richardson has worked directly between President Kevin Worthen and Athletic Director Tom Homo for the past five years and is an integral part of the decision-making process of the athletic department as it pertains to BYU and the administration. So we will have a new advancement vice president. All right, yeah, an impactful thing happening. He also oversees broadcasting, so that affects us here as well. That it does. What are we going to do about our raises now, Jerem? <laughs> you know what? Let's not talk about that anymore. And get to our and one picks. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Tied at 20 going into last night, and we're still tied at 20. My first pick. Spoiler alert. BYU St. Mary's will not be decided by four points or fewer. <laughs> Three-point game. Cover. You know what? I'm, I don't even care. It was, a, it was a great effort by Felt BYU. like you cared there for a second. No, no. It's okay. Oh, oh okay. And one. St. Mary's was shooting 43% from the three-point line going into last night. I said that BYU would not allow that to happen and that the Gales would shoot 40% or less from three. 32.1%. BYU was yeah. really good, but it doesn't Trash. count because I didn't get my first one. They shot 28% in the last four games. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, my two-pointer. Jake Toulson will lead BYU in scoring. Toulson and Haas had 22 apiece at the end of regulation. So had, had TJ not made a basket, Jake would have led BYU in scoring. But it was good that Haas made a basket. Yeah, would you have gotten a point if he was tied with somebody else, though? We need, we I need don't to know. That I don't know. I was thinking about that. I got a thumbs up from Ben Bagley, our producer. I would have had it. So okay. he would have been tied for the. Okay, cool. Good to know. And, uh, and my, uh, like you, I got my uh, and one. Woo. BYU will get uh, St. Mary's, excuse me, will have 10 plus assists. And they did. They had uh, 14. They've won 28 in a row, and they have 10 plus assists. I thought they'd reach that number. Yeah, I saw that stat, and I was like, oh, no! Yeah, they won. Brigham did not have 10 plus assists. No. A lot of individual play last night. Had yes. to be without Yoli Childs. It didn't have to be. Uh, 10 turnovers, 7 assists. All right, our picks for Portland now as we try and break this 2020 tie in 2020. My or not. First pick. Maybe we'll just mail it in the whole season. BYU will shoot 39-plus percent from the three-point line. And one. TJ Haas will score 20-plus. He's going back-to-back 20-plus games. Jared. Oh, that's happening. It's Portland. Uh, i got to get my first one right, though. My two-pointer, 17-minus. So I say 17-plus. 17-minus. So BYU went by 17 or fewer? Yes. Okay. So it is a 20-point game by Ken Pum. All right. He knows Yoli's out, right? 
uh, in my and one pick. Give me some of that and one. Neither team will shoot 39% or better. For free. So we'll go head to head on that one, I guess. Okay. Well, no, not head to head. That's my two, my and one. That's your two point. This is true. Cool. But still, the music a is semi, that a means semi head to head. Okay, our question of the day Do you consider last night's BYU basketball loss at St. Mary's a moral victory? Troy Sylvester answers on Facebook. Considering BYU's history in Moraga, especially last year losing by 22 there, with lack of size and with Yoli on the bench, it is kind of a win. Certainly wasn't a perfect kind game. Kind of a win. That's but a moral could victory. not ask for more fight and determination. <laughs> Hats off especially to Dalton Nixon, beast. Uh, have you seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Yes. Sylvester! Yeah, there you go. Coming up, new segment, Dope or Nope. This is a real thing we're doing. Also real, BYU sophomore sensation Davide Gardini. Here to preview the Cougars' home opener against Penn State. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, BYU hosts Portland, 9.30 Eastern, back in the Marriott Center. Watch the game on BYU TV in the app. You can listen on BYU Radio as well an hour before with pregame with your boy Jason Shepard, 8.30 Eastern. Our boy Davide Gardini of BYU Men's Volleyball is back in Studio B. The sophomore sensation was outstanding in BYU's first two road wins in that Chicago road trip. Davide, welcome back to Studio B. Up, Davide. Thank you, guys. How are you doing? We're great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready to start a season at home. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. How was uh, school this week, by the way? You're back in school. It was fine. You know, it's not great to start school again, but hey, you got to do it. And <laughs> I got good classes this semester, so it's going to be That's fun. That's good. <laughs> now, when you flew back, I think you put on Instagram, you got stuck in Detroit or something? Oh, I did. Uh, I was in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. I a little different there. than Detroit. Yeah, it was... I had a little few troubles like getting to America, but everything is fixed. I got here, so we're good. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. No, you're here. You're definitely here because you're making a huge impact for BYU That's volleyball. <laughs> I mean, we're talking uh, 40 kills. You hit over 400. Why did you feel like you got off to such a great start individually this season? Uh, I mean, I feel like we put a lot of work in this, during this like preseason, and I just felt like we were so ready to play. Then when we actually were able to do it, we were just like so I'm um, like we were ready and so we just like we're off to a great start we were ready to play we just did what we we were planning to do and that was just easy everything came very easy for us that's like the great thing about it your offense was fantastic yet you get defensive player of the week because you or Gabi uh yeah. need to win the offensive player of the week right, that's right. <laughs> so you had 15 digs and eight blocks as well yeah what were you more proud of your defense or your offense I was proud of my defense for sure more blocking was like very good but I know that I I can be really good there defense is like one of my not so good spots so I just worked hard and I got a lot a lot of them so I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> how did a relatively frustrating 2019 season shape this BYU team for what's to come in 2020 I think it shaped us a lot. And uh, looking back to that season, I'm grateful because it was like a big chance for us to learn a lot of things, like uh, learn a lot of things about each other, about us, about the guys around us, about the coaches. It was just like a season of learning, I would say. And now this season is going to be a totally different season for us. So, And it's awesome because this team returns almost everybody. I lost Taylor Richards to the yeah. barrel. Um, and it's the same group. So how's this group evolved since then? Yeah, we made like good strikes, like big changes during the preseason. And as I said, like the main thing is that we work very hard in every aspect, like from conditioning to lifting, uh, technically. It was just like a really 
hard working from the team and we are just a unit I would say that's a big thing from this year we got experience we return a lot of guys so we're just confident in each other and in the work that we put in so Davide Gardini with us on BYU Sports can, Station can we just say this is that the best name at BYU it's got to be oh, top just, three. It just sure. rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Davide Gardini. Yeah, with a hand like that. With a hand like that. I love it. I love your name. I love it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, BYU... Don't tell Gabi and Felipe that. <laughs> right. I won't. I won't. The best name on the I volleyball won't. team. For sure. <laughs> okay. BYU ranked number three uh, in the media poll. Sorry, in the coaches poll. Number two in the media I poll. I voted BYU two in the media because two road wins over ranked teams. How do you handle this type of early season hype? You know, uh, seeing ourselves in the third spot is cool, and we just don't want to think about it. But at the same time, like it puts some pressure on us, which is definitely good. It's what we need. So teams are gonna fear us, and we know we're in a good spot. But we know we still gotta work hard because those posts, like they matter until a certain point, and then for the rest, you just gotta play and show that you. Are there for a reason, so that's what we want to prove. You want are to you prove sure you're a sophomore? He's, he's speaking you, like and, a, a veteran, like a senior leader right now. And your English was really good last year. It's even better. Oh, thanks, man. So, I appreciate so it. It's all getting better. That's I'm working on it. It's awesome. Um, when you when you look at this season and what it means for this group, this is a group with some juniors and some seniors. Yeah. You are freshmen. It was the U.S. and last yeah. year. Um, I, I guess you you and some of your roommates are some of the main guys. How have you guys evolved as as people as a team? Yeah, we, we did. We definitely did. And we're looking into this season as, you know, we, compared to last year, we have a lot of seniors and juniors. So, you know, guys that last year, next year, they're going to be gone. So we, we know that this is the year and we, we improved. So that's what we could do during preseason. Now it's just time to play and do our best because that's what we can do now. <laughs> Still roommates with Gabi and Felipe? No, I'm just with Felipe and Kanai now. Okay. Gabby's Gabby engaged, right? He is. Yeah, he's engaged. Okay, yeah. So he's le- he's fleeing he the coup. He got the boot. Yeah, yeah. he did. <laughs> so you said Felipe and who else? Kanai. And Kanai, yeah. who's also on the team. That's yeah. right. So so how life. has that dynamic changed? You got a new guy in there. It's you good. You make him do the dishes yeah. more. How does that work? I had to adapt to that because, you know, Kanai is American, like Hawaiian. So I just had to adapt. Gabby was like... Mm, a little different, but he's a cool guy. We're, we're having fun this year. <laughs> All right, Davide, uh, let's put your English to the test. Explain <laughs> playing in the Smithfield house in one word. Ooh. Can we um, do Italian and then English? <laughs> yeah, sure. What's yeah. the Italian word? Um, incredibile. Okay. Incredible? Yeah, that would be incredible. But if I have to use an American one, I would just use, like, fire. Like, for me, like, mm. what I feel inside when I play in the Smithfield house is, like, fire because... It just brings the best out of you, so it's great. I love it. <laughs> All right, we're filling the fire. Can't wait for tonight. Open up against Penn awesome, State. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming in on game day, Thank man. You for Let's me give you here, some man. karma. BYU Sports Nation karma. Thank you, guys. Okay, thanks. thanks. Okay, coming up, TJ House dunks again and Taysom Hill as the Saints. Uh, by the way, TJ House had the BYU Sports Nation karma. Jerem goes for twenty nine points. Dalton had it Tuesday and bled twice out of his head or something. He did some good things though. <laughs> Plus, we play. Dope or nope? Yeah, Taysom Hill, starting quarterback in New Orleans. You just mentioned it, Jerem. Buying that? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a fantastic Friday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. We want to know what you think. There are apps. BYU TV, BYU Radio. Download them. They're free. All right. uh, As promised, 
We are debuting a new segment today. We call it Dope or Nope. Ben Bagley, join us for this amazing moment in BYU Sports Nation history, won't you? You got it. I'm going to ask you a question. You say dope or nope Okay. explain your situation. First off, dope or nope, the TJ Haas dunk train. Uh, dope. Uh, balding redhead dunking on fools. Dope. Need I say more? He's the ginger mamba. We love it. He sent BYU into overtime in Moraga with a dirty crossover and then dunked. He's also dunked on Weber State. TJ Haas, I'm all about the dunk train. Yes, this He's is dunking dope. on black-haired and, and blonde and brunette people of all kinds. Oh, I just love that it was against Tommy Cousy as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tommy, yes. Tommy Cousy. Yes. You ain't no Bob Cousy. That's dope. That's, that's a double dope <laughs> from us. Of course. Yeah. Oz dunked on Koozie. That's all you need to say. Yeah, but not Bill Russell. All right, second one. Dope or nope, BYU being represented in three of the four NFL playoff games this weekend. Dope. Yeah, this is great. This means that uh, BYU is getting somebody into the Super Bowl, right? And maybe head-to-head. I hope nice. that it's a head-to-head situation. Yes. How could this be nope? It's fantastic. You know what's crazy? And I said this to Jason Shepard earlier this week. That Kyle Van Noy and Taysom Hill are Aren't, not. Yeah. They're not involved in this. Right. BYU still has three guys in with those two guys losing really That's awesome. sh- shockingly. That's yeah, great. This That's is great. fantastic. Why didn't BYU win, beat Utah, or win 10 plus games with these guys? Come on! Nope on that one. That is nope. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not dope. Next. You mentioned Taysom Hills are dope or nope. A NFL GM speculating to ESPN.com that Taysom Hill will be the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback next season. Nope. Drew Brees will be the starting quarterback. This is a nope for me. Yeah, the idea of it is, oh, yeah, yeah. it's dope. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Even with blue goggles on, I like Taysom Hill in his current role behind Drew Brees. Hold on, let me look through. Whoa, yeah, whoa, I, whoa, 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 the same Blue goggle <laughs> alert. Blue goggle alert. With Taysom Hill, but Drew Brees is still the starting not, quarterback. Not in 2020. No. No. Yeah, I, it's lower. I, the idea is fun, but I'm, I'm out on this one. Hey, homie, Taysom Hill, has thrown what? 13 passes in the NFL? You don't make the guy the starter for that? Oh, let him be the backup it's, for yes, a season. Yes. Get one season, and then maybe it's time if Drew Brees retires. Let him be the backup. Also, if New Orleans lets Drew Brees go, what are they doing? No, that's not going to happen. Next. Nope. Dope or nope. Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon not making the ESPN top 150 through 26. Dope. Because they'll be in the top 25. You think? Yes. Ty Detmer undoubtedly will be. I think Jim McMahon is probably in. Ty Detmer led uh, the NCAA for a long time with 15,000 passing yards and 121 touchdowns. The Heisman winner. Last Heisman from a non-Power 5. He will be in the top 25. I think that Jim McMahon could as well. But if he's not, I'm surprised that we didn't see Jim McMahon somewhere else. I'm with you. Jim McMahon should be there because at one point he had broken 71 NCAA records. First 4,000-yard passer in NCAA. 71. And you know what's amazing about that? Ty Detmer broke most of those Jim McMahon records. Yeah. Detmer was holding 59 NCAA records. They should both be in the top 25. If they're not, there are going to be some real issues. Bristol. Then it's a nope. Then it's a nope to Bristol collectively. But right now, we think it's dope because I'm with you. I think they'll both yeah. be in the top 25. Yeah, I'm glad they aren't in it because they deserve to be in the top 25. Steve Young, 87. All right, Ben. All right, last one, guys. Dope or nope? Brandon Davies, Elijah Bryant, and Jimmer Fredette playing in three of the top seven 
EuroLeague teams as of right now. Listen, it's cool, but I'm not going dope. Dope is like, this is awesome, right? These guys aren't in the NBA. I wish BYU had somebody in the NBA, right? At least a couple of these guys. They're really good. They're making the best of their situations. Yes. This is cool, but it's a no for me. Yeah, because they're making the best of the situation, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's dope. It's cool. It's great. BYU's got some guys, but it does hurt that right. they're not in the NBA, right? Right. It's hard to brag as a program. Hey, we got a dude in. in like, this is, no, this is certainly a really great thing for BYU basketball, but it's not dope. Yeah, it's a cool situation that Jimmer's playing for Rick Patino and he just put up 28 points, and Brandon Davies is playing on the top EuroLeague team, and yes. he's an integral part of that team. And You could argue Real Madrid could hang in the NBA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Could, they, they have some former NBA guys. Could could Real Madrid compete with the New York Knicks? Yes. <laughs> yes. Could the Tempview High School? No. no, you're right. No, no, but Real Madrid could hang for sure. And Eli Brandt's on the number four team. It's, that's it's great. Cool, that's but cool. it's yeah, it's not like oh, it's amazing. Right. And that's what dope is. Come on. All right. We go from that to today's combined rise and wow. shout out. And understandably, this one's going to hit home a little bit harder than some of the previous rise and shoutouts that we've done. Yeah, Brian Gray passed away, BYU defensive back, 1998 to 1999, a transfer from El Camino Junior College. He was really good, 6'2", 205, had a pick six against San Diego that we're looking at in 1998. You and I went to this game. Oh. I was late to the game. I heard the roar of the crowd. It's Brian Gray running in the end zone for a pick six. And uh, he passed away uh, yesterday. So our thoughts and prayers with the Gray family. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we're thinking about him. That's one of my fondest memories going to watch BYU football. Uh, I was with my brother Trevor. And like you, Jeremy, we arrived a little bit late. We scalped some tickets. It was pouring rain the whole night. But that's one of the best, most fondest memories I have with my brother. And uh, solidified you know, what was already pretty pretty intense BYU football fandom, but it took it to another level. And so watching that happen when Brian passed away, it was really sad to hear that. But, uh, man, what a, what a great player, and we, we hope and wish the best for his family as they move forward. All right, our question of the day. We've been talking about moral victories for BYU basketball. Does it qualify last night losing at St. Mary's? Colonel James 83 says moral victory, sure. Team put themselves in position to win, even going into overtime. All that without Yoli Childs. Game showed that this team can compete and play even without key players. Amen. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler and Davide Gardini. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. For Jeremy I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jalen Reyes. See you tonight for BYU Men's Volleyball Home Opener at 9 Eastern. Go Kooks. All night.